This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome, 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 right? Practical Prayer Podcast. You doing a welcome? We still back? We in the back? No, this is, know, this is the, the real live actual episode number 112 of the Practical Prayer Podcast. Oh, okay. So listen, I got hung up because I got some candy stuck in my tooth and I thought, no, I can't do this. So listen, welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's Carol Lawrence. <laughs> I'm Carol and this is... Reverend Bill Marcioni, and today has gotten off to a wonderful hey, start. If we can start a podcast episode by laughing. It's just gonna it's gonna go from there. Um, and we have a a, a a whimsical little topic <laughs> to talk about today, <laughs> which is the Big Bang. And um, you were mentioning earlier that sometimes when I'm doing a practical prayer, I will talk about Genesis and the Big Bang sort of in the same sentence and making them be equivalent. And uh, you realized a hundred and something episodes in that we haven't talked about the Big Bang nearly so much. Mm -hmm. So let's talk. Okay. So it it came to mind when uh, I'm reading some stuff as usual. (laughs) And um, H.P. Blavitz, Blavinsky, who did this, the secret something. Uh, anyway, she they she's a founder of the uh, Theosophic Society, okay. and on and on and on, and really scientific and and all of that. And of course, I thought about you, right? Because you're like the scientist, <laughs> and I thought, you know what? He always says. The Big Bang, the Big Bang. Now I went. To, I paid attention in science. It's another view of creation, but I never went any further than that. And now I bump into um, uh, uh, panate, pantheism, where everything is God. Mm-hmm. And you know, I said, mm, okay. And then now the Big Bang starts coming into that play, and I thought, why don't I just ask you to talk about it? Okay. You know, instead of me spending two weeks. <laughs> you realize that after I talk about it, you're still going to spend two weeks. Probably, but at least I'll be going in the right direction. Uh, the idea for me for talking about the Big Bang is because it just occurred to me that the stories are the same. Uh, the idea behind New Thought is that there's one. And that was kind of the big thing that uh, Swedenborg and then uh, Emerson 
the transcendentalists all came to is that there is not a multiplicity of powers, that there is one power and there is one life and there is one existence and we're all sharing it. And it, if you read in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God said, let there be light. Obviously there was God because God was there to say, let there be light. And there was nothing else because there was darkness and void. So in the beginning, there was only God. And when God said, let there be light and there was light, the light had to come from somewhere. And see above, all there was was God. <laughs> so <laughs> everything that exists has to have come from there. It was not in the beginning, there was darkness and void and a big pile of unformed stuff and God. There was darkness and void and God. And so that's the story of creation. And if we take that seriously, then everything that exists, all of the creations and the forms and the, the, the everything that exists that described shortly thereafter in Genesis was that same infinite substance shared in a different and particular way. You switch over and look at the Big Bang. The notion is that at some point in time, which we've currently measured as 14.2 billion years ago, there was an impossibly small, impossibly dense singularity, something, one little dot, a P, a micron, a little something that was a huge amount of energy and it began expanding. And we call it the Big Bang because the, when something that powerful starts expanding and expanding as much as we have seen it expand, uh, if there were a noise, it'd be a bang. <laughs> <laughs> now it was in space, mm. so there was no bang. Uh, and you know, then it's the whole philosophical thing of if there's nobody there in the forest to hear the tree fall, did the universe make a bang when it started? So we call it a big bang. And the way that the scientists are telling the story is that it began as a huge amount of energy and the energy started interacting amongst itself and started causing nuclear reactions. And then those nuclear reactions started creating elements. And then the elements started reacting with each other and they created more and more elements. And everything that exists in the universe came about, first of all, because of those nuclear reactions and then gravitational things. And it started spreading and being attracted to itself and congealing and forming. And then eventually there are planets and solar systems and galaxies. And then time passes and eventually life forms. And it's been an evolutionary process of everything coming from that one, cooling down, expanding, and growing. And we can all trace ourselves to that one. Because there were no bleachers <laughs> for the Big Bang. There was not, all right, we're going to sit here and watch the universe come into being. And then when we're ready, we're going to go in and take the good real estate near the beach. Okay, that's not the way it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I am sure. Yeah, there's uh, all the all the real estate was created all at once, um, and there are different ways that things are, are changing their form now. You watch a volcano erupt, and that's actually how real estate gets created these days. Um, it is a a, a noteworthy process. Now, if you ever watch the film of the lava going down into the ocean and turning into rock. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm just making a slightly bigger island here. Um, but everything that exists is can trace its lineage back to the one. And it doesn't matter whether the one is the story of the Big Bang or the story of Genesis. In the beginning, there was darkness and void. 
or any other creation story. They're all the same. There was an infinite creative power that started creating and everything as that exists has come into creation as a result of that. So that's the big bang as I far think, as, yeah. So that's, that's the big bang as far as uh, new thought, spirituality and practical prayer is concerned. It's a source and origin okay. story. Okay. So, well, I get, I mean, I, I want to say I get it. I get the idea. You know, it's like the Big Bang happened when there was no noise, of course, right? But the Big Bang happened before one would say the creation story, I suppose. Well, it's, it happened at the beginning of the creation story. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter, does it? I don't think it does. I think it matters on an intellectual and um, a, a theoretical level. It doesn't particularly affect how things are going on today, other than the ability to look at something that seems so different and so separate from me and understand, well, we're all one. We're all part of that same one creation showing up in a different way. So the divine expression of God's love that's acting like a complete jerk over there, <laughs> inviting me into judgment, um, you know, is, it, there's, there's ways that we can use that to uh, inform the, the choices that we're making in the way that we're living our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. What came before the Big Bang? You know, what's going to happen as the time unfolds? I don't know. I don't know. I learned when I was a young adult that it, this, this is very similar to quantum physics, is that, you know, we have this picture of atoms as being a nucleus with the electrons spinning around them mm-hmm. at different valence levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not the way that it actually works when you get down to that atomic level, because instead of those, they're being discrete, it's possible that they're contracting and expanding. So everything that's, mm-hmm. that's in the atom goes into some impossibly dense little center thing, and then it expands back out and the electrons go back out to whatever their valence levels were, you know, how far they are from the, uh, uh, from the nucleus. And that it is not circling, but it's actually contracting and expanding, contracting and expanding. Well, as soon as I learned that, it's like, well, that's the same thing that we say happened with the universe. Okay, yeah. but well, yeah. faster. Yeah. So is it possible that we have been one atom <laughs> expanding for 14.2 <laughs> billion years and eventually we're going to get done and then we're going to contract again and then it's going to happen again and there's not just one atom? None of my business. Yeah, because it doesn't no, matter. it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to know. It is. And I always used to start with trying to understand or reconcile big, the Big Bang with the creation story. So I would start there and I said, this is how I understand the Big Bang happened. And this is how, you know, but what started to make sense or help it make sense for me is starting with me and going backwards. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't a conscious decision that I thought, well, let me start with me and go back. <laughs> you tried everything else and you wound up saying, well, let's try this one. It, 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 it didn't. It's like certain things, I guess, in my world demanded my attention or my thoughts at that time. And I remember things just seeing, seeming to be just completely, totally freaking out of order. Like could not, nothing, nothing was going right. Not just in my world, but in the world, period. Now, it depends on what you're looking at, of course. 
But and I guess I was in a space at that time and I thought, there's nothing going right. But then I'm thinking of God created this on this day, this on this day, this on this day. That's an orderly process. So God must be an orderly entity. Mm-hmm. So and then I started tracking back like that. And then I would track back other attributes that seem to just lead to God, you know, and including other things as I'm going back. I'm picking up things outside of myself that must be in an orderly fashion or an orderly existence in order for it to exist and move forward progressively and be what it is supposed to be. So God is a God of order. And I thought, okay, you know, that's a long, that's a roundabout way (laughs) (laughs) of understanding something, but that makes sense. And then the big bang comes. And so, you know, the idea is like there was this big bang and everything just went crazy and flew all over the place. And I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was an order to that chaos or that chaos came into some sense of order because there's only Mm -hmm. God, you know, there's just only God. And uh, I don't know when God started (laughs) or (laughs) I just know, you know, that's all, that's, that's all there is in the beginning. And then of course I'm driving along one time and needed to, say a prayer, and I heard myself saying God, expressing God's self in God's own particular way. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. I've heard that sort of thing before. I thought, okay. (laughs) 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 But it wasn't the words, because I refused to say the words until they emanate from within, right? Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. And they just came... You know, and it they just came, and I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> it all fits, it all fits. But once, and 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 so, the Big Bang finds itself its way all the way to where we are now, twenty twenty three, in how we treat each other, see each other, and so forth. Because if everything is God expressing God's self in all different kinds of creative and wonderful and unimaginable ways, then we sort of have to watch our step with each other, wouldn't you think? Uh, we don't have to, but it certainly would be advisable. It, would, it helps. Okay. Well, okay, so the scripture that we were talking about in Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for folks who are listening to the, the podcast, uh, the, the scripture that we're talking about, I was um, uh, I was complaining that some scripture has an asterisk because the, the fundamentalists who tell me that every word in the Bible is the literal word of God. And you read in Proverbs twenty three thirty three, which is, thine eyes shall behold strange women and thine heart shall utter perverse things. And I, then they okay. say, well, you have to read Proverbs. You have to do, you have to whatever. So I'm just using that as, a, as, as, as the setup for what you're going to say about You know, it's like, listen, we're talking about God here, Mm -hmm. right? Either God is God or God is not God. Pretty clear cut as far as I'm concerned. 
Okay, so what is God? What do you think about God, you know, and all of that? And so if you think that God is mean and judgmental, do you think that that part of God, that attribute of God, is you? it doesn't fall on you at some point? <laughs> okay. Ow. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So, I mean, but that's, you know, that's the real. You don't get to stand on the side and say, God does this, this, and God doesn't like this, this, and this. Well, you know, karma, I, I wrote this piece that said, you know, karma has your street address. <laughs> It's like, what side of the street you on? So, but it demands that we look at things differently. You know, and and in the pre-show, I said that I had, uh, and I, I'm glad this came up, I said I threw away the Bible because, you know, I was like really pissed off with the judgmental stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I said to you, I picked it back up and I want to make sure that people don't understand, don't think that I picked it up because I was so brilliant and that I was so righteous and let me go back and get this Bible. No, I read other sacred texts and I heard the Bible there. You know, I heard, and then I started, well, which one came first? And after a while, researching dates and making timelines and comparing sacred texts and finding so much, you know what I thought, y'all ought to stop all this. Just stop all this. You know, the Bible is reflective of every other sacred text. You're just making this thing ugly. Yeah. Well, interestingly, the New Testament was written after the Old Testament. And there's a fair amount of stuff in the New Testament, which is either paraphrasing or just repeating stuff that was in the Old Testament, which doesn't make it any more true. It simply means that they read the book and they believed it then. Okay. Mm -hmm not nearly as big of a deal as we thought. So we're going to take a break. And um, we're going to, when we, when we return from the break, we are going to address the issue of how scientists know that the universe is 14.2 billion years old. It's Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class.
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marshall. Having a wonderful discussion about the Big Bang and the Old Testament and even some New Testament in there. And provocatively, before the break, I said uh, that we're going to explain why the universe is apparently 14.2 billion light years across. And it's one of those um, closed self-referential loops. It's because when we observe everything that we can possibly see in the universe, the oldest thing that we can see is 14.2 billion light years away. And that is the time that it takes for light to travel 14.2 billion light years. So it's the fact that we're measuring it with light. So if we have the assumption that all there is is light and there's nothing that can possibly go faster than light, then the fact that we can only see something that's that far away means that's how long it's been going, which is a huge assumption. <laughs> quantum physics through uh, quantum entanglement tells us that it is possible for things to happen simultaneously at one end of the universe and the other. Simultaneously, not with communication or some sort of messaging between them, but because there's actually connection from hither to yon. Now, we don't know how to do it yet on a grand scale, but once we get past that pesky theory of relativity that Einstein had, which is E equals mc squared, which is what sets the, 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 the C as the constant, that's the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, that nothing can go faster than that. As soon as we realize that, yes, that's true in in the physical world that we're examining and measuring things in, nothing can go faster than that, but there's a lot more to it than that, and things aren't limited by that speed, in which case the size of the universe can either be incredibly much larger or incredibly much smaller. And again, it doesn't make any difference because if we're measuring the uni universe in Earths and how far something is from Earth, then we've got one Earth that's here, and the next closest one is a long ways away, and the next usable one is way far away. So if we're using our local measuring tools, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just, it's interesting to think about. But on a day-to-day -day basis, like when you're making your, your grocery list, it doesn't matter. Elon Musk doesn't want to hear you that, say that. That it doesn't matter? That it doesn't matter. <laughs> he wants it to matter. Well, okay, thank you, Elon. It matters. But not <laughs> because it matters. It's because it's important. I think these are very important things to understand and to learn about. And the more that we know about how the universe works, the better able we are to participate in its working in a way that's going to be helpful and productive for us and for others and for the rest of the universe. You know, I'd be curious to to know what other people think about that. So you could put it in the chat if you like. Hi, Wayne. So I would see what you put there. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to know that because I'm curious about things, of course. And when you explain it, I'm really listening and I'm listening. And the universe gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so somebody might say, so what? Right? I'm not going to be out there. But... It's not a so what to me. Like it's it's fascinating because when I discovered modal panentheism, where um, everything is in God, you know, all possible universes. That word "possible" 
caught my attention and fascinated me to know it, <laughs> that all possible universes. And that answered a question for me that there were things that I wondered where they went. And, you know, we could say that for another talk, but, you know, I wanted to know what happened to a lot of beautiful things. Where did they go? And that theory of panentheism, modal panentheism, said that all possible universes, and they were not stuck to physical universes. I said, that makes sense. Hmm. So the bigger God is, the more um, proof of God's self there is for me. Because now I know that there is a place, I may not be able to put my finger on it, but there's a place that answers the questions that I have about certain things. Now, this is 2023. There's no, I, we have no idea what the heck I'm going to ask next year. Nope. But as the, the concept of God expands and the Big Bang and measuring things with light and all of that participates or responds to that, this, those answers to questions like I have and other people who ask irrelevant questions <laughs> <laughs> will find the answer. You know, you'll find a rest in that. Like it doesn't just go somewhere. There is something. There's a something. And you you talked about it when you said um, you can't you can measure light to a certain degree, but you don't know if that's all there is, right? right? Is that right? Okay, so that's kind of good because I'm I'm cool with this right now, but tomorrow I may have a question that doesn't fit into that measurement, and you're telling me that there's more, and I'm saying cool. Yeah, I, I definitely okay. think that there's more. Um, interestingly, in the history of technology. There's some, some great lessons. Like everybody knows about Kitty Hawk and Orville and Wilbur Wright and inventing the airplane. And most people think that it was a, a breakthrough in understanding of aerodynamics that let them uh, create the uh, this heavier than air flight. And the key thing was much more mundane than that. The reason that powered flight had not been possible before was because the engines were too heavy. It's not possible for a steam engine to run an airplane because it's too heavy. It's got all the steam and all the, the, the whole way that that works. But as soon as there was an internal combustion engine that was much lighter, well, that'll go. Now yeah, we put that on a plane, attach a propeller to it, and away we go. So it was a technological breakthrough in the engine that made flight possible. And Orville and Wilbur figured it out. But if they'd figured it out 50 years earlier and there were no engines, still couldn't have done anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which will take us to another long conversation, which is <laughs> <laughs> about figuring things out and the answers, you know, because I think they're all there. And is it, is it timing? Perhaps, perhaps, mm -hmm. um, but it's not like a new, I don't know about new revelation. I just believe like, you know, my analogy is the ocean. It's all in that ocean. Mm -hmm. And we can go get it. 
or extract it, however you want to look at it. Is it timing, perhaps? Or they had a better idea or they, the technology or, or pieces, other pieces of knowledge that went with it. Somebody across the ocean had it and they didn't, <laughs> somebody in another country had it and they came together. You know, it's, if you look at it like that, it's like we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all connected to, because somebody in China has the answer to something that's going to make something else work. Yeah. That somebody in America is trying to pull it off and they don't have each other's phone number. Right. That's that's a perfect setup for the prayer that I want to do, which is about all the pieces fitting together in absolute sweet perfection. So let's take a break. I still don't know how you do this. I just I I, I wait for you to say something and then it reminds me of something and then it's I've mentioned before. I'm like the the, the talking barber. You pull my string and I just do one of my usual things. So anyway, we'll, we'll take another break. Ken, and, and okay. Then, uh, not actually Ken, I'm more like Mr. Clean Barbie. But, you know, that's just me. So we will take a break and then pull my string and a prayer on everything fitting together in sweet perfection. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Amazing conversation. This has been wonderful. And I still have no idea how you make, you know, you just bring it together in a prayer. <laughs> I even try to ju- <laughs> I even try to jump ahead of you sometimes and try to figure out how it's going to work. Nah, that's your gift. Okay. And that's the, I do these meditations twice a day, every day on Zoom. 15 minutes is uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time. Anybody's welcome to join in. The links are on the website at newthoughtphilly.org. And it has turned out to be one of my gifts, is we'll just like chat amongst the people, you know, the 6 or 12 or 15 people or whoever happens to be uh, on. And we just, you know, touch base with each other, what's going on for you. And um, somewhere in there, either there will be a common thread about what everybody's talking about. Somebody will have a specific request for a, the meditation that we're going to do. And other times it just jumps out at me. Oh, well, you just said it. Let's do the meditation about that. And everybody goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so, and perhaps that is my experience of the same thing that we're going to do the prayer about now. Because this prayer, 
Uh, this prayer is about everything fitting together in sweet perfection. And as we were discussing, there is one. One power and presence, one love. It doesn't matter whether we describe it in the way that it's described in Genesis, where in the beginning there was darkness and void, and God said, let there be, and then the things started to come into being, or the Big Bang, which is where there's this one singularity, and for whatever unspecified reason, it started expanding or exploding, and everything that exists in the universe is that one evolving and unfolding and expanding or exploding from that one. So at the beginning of the story, everything is one. Everything is the same. And it's been differentiating itself and unfolding itself and revealing itself and mixing back upon itself for all that time. 6,000 years, 14.2 billion years, you choose your story. It doesn't matter. It's longer than we can remember. And because we're all one, because we're all part of that one, Everything that's possible anywhere is possible everywhere, and it's possible for us now. So for the prayer, we're going to turn our attention away from the circumstances, the situation, the stuff that's showing up in our lives now, not because there's something bad or uh, unworthy about that, but because there's a bigger picture. Because if I'm sitting here wanting to have a job, a great job, where I get to do what I do and get paid for it, and think that I need to just make the job happen, I'm missing the point. That there is an employer looking for somebody who can do what I can do so they can have it be accomplished. And they're more than willing to share their goodies so they can get the job done, so they can have what I have to offer. Same thing, exactly the same thing in a relationship. You know, it's not like one person is looking for a relationship and another person is just sitting there minding their own business, enjoying their life, and then says, well, I guess I have to go have a relationship because that person wants me to. I mean, that's not the way it works. The way it works is that the, the pieces, the people who are looking for each other, are finding each other, and that relationship is unfolding. The work experience is unfolding. The opportunity to connect in creativity, or the, when we're taking care of our, our, our physicality, of our bodies, the desire to get some exercise or to be active is the same thing that's feeding and nourishing and keeping us healthy. And the, a, a surgeon, without somebody who needs surgery, is out of work. So all of the pieces get to fit together. And somebody who needs surgery, oh, isn't it wonderful that there is somebody who has studied and prepared and is ready to, 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 to work their craft in such a way to bring that new alignment and healing and balance into that physical experience. All of the pieces can fit together in sweet perfection. So as we turn away from whatever it is that's around us and open ourselves to the awareness of that one, that one divine power and presence, that one love, that one source, that one which is sharing itself as all of its creation and has been since the very beginning of time. That divine power and presence abides within. That one power that has created everything, has created each of us individually and all of us together. And with that has created all of the possibilities, all of the opportunities, and all of the desires that we have in our lives. And so I know that it is completely possible for all of those pieces to fit together in joyous, sweet perfection. It is possible to have the yearnings that each of us is having be fulfilled, have, have them be matched by the yearnings that others are having, by the opportunities that are at hand in the world around us. Good and more good can unfold in ways that are joyous and uplifting for each one. 
And there's nothing that stands in the way of that. There is no power that actively interferes with that. There are ways that we can get distracted or delayed, but there's nothing inherent in the universe that stands in the way of that creative process. The good that we are opening ourselves to is unfolding for us now at the perfect rate, in the perfect way, at the perfect time. Enjoy a sweet perfection for each of us. It's a different story for everyone listening, but it's the same process going on for all of us. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good that's coming about. I'm grateful for the awareness of this creative process. I'm grateful to know that it's already unfolding for each of us. I'm grateful for the good. And so this feeling of deep thanks, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law, the same one that has been creating everything, everything since the very beginning of time. I know without question it is now creating this. And so I let it be. I release this word into that law and I know that it's so. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.